This podcast is brought to you by Podcast Nation. Hey everyone, welcome back to Straight Chicks. This is M, And this is Jen. And we're uh, joined here today with, today's episode is very special for me. Because today we have one of my best friends in the whole world here, Carolyn. And and here's the thing. So when we had first talked to Carolyn, I had first gone to her and I was like, oh, I'd really love to have you on the podcast to talk about your career. Because Carolyn's done tremendous things with her career where she's been in the restaurant industry since for how long? A gajillion um, years. Yeah, like 12 years. 12 years, right? Wow. And, so she, and she's worked in like, you know, all the top restaurants in Philadelphia, has worked with all of the owners and the chefs, and has just made a tremendous career for herself. So we said, I would love to talk to you about... Um, working with high-powered men and what this experience has been like because she is like such a fucking force to be reckoned with and she came back with something different and she said well i'd actually like to talk about having two miscarriages this year which is not anything i would ever ask one of my friends to come in and talk about but to be frank you offered it's true and I, i'm taking it the fuck up yes. right now <laughs> i am 100 percent happy to talk about this, this because and here's the thing the reason i would never ask this is because it still can feel so personal and vulnerable and raw to talk about but it is so important for us to be doing this episode today um so we're going to talk to her a little bit about her story a little bit about what you're going to do to support other people in your life who are going through fertility challenges um and for you to be able to send this episode to maybe some people that are so they know they're not alone um so welcome back and let's get to it yes and yes. and the reason why it's so important too is because actually 10 to 20 percent of known pregnancies end in miscarriage which yeah, which is insane, of, and that's no, that's a lot. That's yeah, that's, that's, yeah, that's like a massive amount, right? Mm-hmm. And so what we really talk about is one in four women have fertility issues. So whether we're talking about having a miscarriage or having difficulty getting pregnant, um, this affects so many of us. And I think that in your twenties, nobody talks about it, and then in your thirties, I mean, miscarriages end up being like skittles. Like everyone has had one, mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah. people aren't. But people aren't talking. But people about are talking it about it yeah. until you start talking about it. Then someone's like, oh, I also had that happen to me or so-and-so and here's my situation and um it was really a part of that is generationally i mean our parents generation was not talking about this no, no. at all right no. or feelings in general right <laughs> of course <laughs> or therapy any sort they of sure negative as fuck weren't podcasting <laughs> they weren't podcasting this <laughs> So tell me a little bit about what the last year of your life has been like. So the last year has been a roller coaster. You know, basically, uh, do you want me to just tell you from like start? Yes. To, okay. Yes. So Jonathan and I, Jonathan's my my husband. Uh, we found out we got pregnant the first time December last year. Mm-hmm. And... We were super happy, and when I got pregnant, I was like, oh my God, mm-hmm. I'm pregnant. This is this is it, you know? So happy. There was no other feeling besides, like, that something could go wrong, yeah. because, again, nobody talks about it. So we felt really great, and then around... My cat keeps meowing. <laughs> we're recording at Carolyn's house. So that's that's uh, Pope John Paul II you're all hearing. He's a very important character in this story. Yeah. He provides nothing. Yeah. <laughs> he's like the, he's like the sound backing. Yeah, he's like yeah. the supporting he's actor the that didn't do shit. Yeah. Yeah. He, he's a cat actor. Yes. <laughs> so. so you guys get pregnant. And this yeah. is around the same time that I am 
eight months pregnant. Exactly. Yeah. Right. So we're both super excited. All my friends are really excited. My family's excited. And, you know, around... And your sister-in-law had just had a baby. Yeah. So you were, like, surrounded by babies. There's babies everywhere. Babies everywhere. So around week, I want to say seven mm-hmm. of being pregnant, I started experience, experiencing bleeding. And at first it was, you know, you read 1,000 million things online. It seemed normal. It wasn't that crazy. It wasn't a lot. I went in. I got some tests done. I found out that I had this, I'm going to mess up the medical term, uh, subchorionic, chronic hematoma, Mm -hmm. I think. And basically it's like blood surrounding the, the baby. And they were like, it could be nothing. It could be something. And then I just continued to bleed. And then finally at week, it was like nine and a half. Cause then my doctor was actually really great. And she told me I could come in if I wanted to and have multiple ultrasounds to check and just be double, you know, make sure Mm -hmm, that the mm -hmm. baby is still has a heartbeat. Mm -hmm. We went in, the baby did not have a heartbeat. So super devastating because, you know, people weren't telling me, you know, even when this was happening, you know, like you could miscarry. Right. It, you know, the doctor, we did ask the doctor if that was a possibility and she said, yeah, but... It wasn't framed. And, you know, people are also trying to be sensitive, so yeah. I don't think it's necessarily anyone's fault. But did you feel unprepared for those, like, to find yes. that out? Yeah. Yeah. Felt super unprepared. Um, so. And, and also, keep in mind, this still happening. She still has to go to work every day. just to do the thing. Like, right? Like, right. your life doesn't stop living. Yeah. So you're having this bleeding happening, these anxious thoughts. And, like, still, you have to go out your life. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean... It happened on a Friday morning, mm-hmm. which I guess that there's never a good time. But then I just went home. I had the weekend to, you know, be with my husband, mm-hmm. be by myself, and kind of think about what happened and, you know, process. But mm-hmm. I went to work on Monday. And then... So, so the heartbeat wasn't detectable. Yeah. And then and that's when did they do a DNC? Yep. So that next week I went back to work. I actually went to work the day of my DNC too, which was just to stay busy or yeah, just to stay busy. You know, I think I didn't want to think about it Mm -hmm. and I wanted to just not process it, but I went to work and then in the afternoon I had the DNC, which is basically where they remove the fetus Mm -hmm. from you. And that experience was overwhelming. I'd say, because it's real then. Mm -hmm. Before, you know, and they give you options once you are miscarrying. You can have, you can miscarry naturally. You can take medication and have that, I don't know how to, like... So then you sort of bleed out. Yes, exactly. exactly. So you're sitting on the toilet, you're bleeding out. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. For a longer period of time. And painful. It's a lot of cramping. It's painful. Yeah. Yeah. And then the DNC where they, you know, surgically remove. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So I decided to go with the DNC because I did not want to wait. Yeah. And I just, to be honest with you, I just didn't want it in me anymore. Right. Right. I wanted it out of me. Right. It felt weird. I felt literally dead inside. Mm Mm-hmm. And I just wanted it to be gone. So did the DNC. 
Do you want me to just kind of like fast forward through like the whole thing? Well, well, so okay, so they do this DNC, and so then what? You go back to your life. I mean, so then what was it like? What was the experience like? Because some people in your life knew. Yeah. Right. Most people, certain people. Yeah, I mean, close friends knew, mm-hmm. and then like my mom yeah. and my dad and my brother. Right. So because it's not just that. So you're going through this, and then you have to tell people. Yeah, yeah. Right? So, like, that's one of the harder parts. And then you also have to, you're upset yourself, and then you're like, other people are upset. Like, yeah. it's this really weird thing that goes yeah, on. Yeah, how did, how did other people in your life respond to it? And what was that like for you? You know, m- pretty much everybody was really supportive. I mean, a lot of people were just kind of there for me. Mm-hmm. What can I do? I'll drop anything if you need it. You know, if I can't be there, like, text me, call me. My parents were really supportive, and actually, my boss was really supportive too. I told him about yeah. all of mm-hmm. this that was happening, and he was—he let me take my time mm-hmm. and process it, and let me talk about it openly, mm-hmm. which was really important because I think some people would feel—you know—I have a close relationship with him too, but I think a lot of people would feel uncomfortable talking to their boss about yeah. that. But I'm lucky enough that I could talk to him and. <clears throat> He would understand where I was coming from and be sensitive around this time. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I, a lot of people are really supportive, but it's it's hard not to feel like you're disappointing people too, mm-hmm. even though it's not it's out of your control. Like yeah, there is course. nothing when you you're can sad do. too. Right? Yeah. yeah, so like you even like think about your parents. You're like, oh, like this is their grandkid. Like it does become oh, yeah. this really complex thing. I think that was the hardest part was like calling my mom and telling her that the baby didn't have a heartbeat. Yeah. And she was so upset. Yeah. Naturally, like, how could you not be? Mm-hmm. But she was also really strong for me, too, mm-hmm. you know? We are so excited to share our newest sponsor with you all, Hungry Root. Hungry Root is the easiest way to get fresh, high-quality groceries and simple, healthy recipes delivered to your door. The team at Hungry Root just sent me a new box full of amazing stuff. It was literally like I was opening a present going through it. Seeing what was inside and trying everything was just so thrilling. In my Hungry Root box was chicken salad, veggies, dumplings, shakes, cookies, and so much more. My favorite thing I tried was the drumroll donuts. I highly recommend them. The ordering process could could not have been more simple. You take a fun, short quiz, and Hungry Root will get to know your personal health goals, what you like to eat, the kitchen appliances you use, and more. Then they'll build you a personalized cart with all of your grocery needs for the week and give you delicious recipe recommendations to put those groceries to good use. Hungry Root will recommend recipes and groceries based on your personal tastes, but each order is fully customizable. Take their suggestions or choose anything you want. They've got fresh produce, high-quality meat and seafood, pantry staples, health healthy snacks, sweets, ready-to-eat meals, and much more. Hungry Root has made my daily meal prep so much easier. The mental load of grocery shopping is exhausting, and Hungry Root gives me back that mental energy. Right now, Hungry Root is offering Shrink Chicks listeners 40% off your first delivery and free veggies for life. Just go to HungryRoot.com slash Shrink Chicks to get 40% off your first delivery and get your free veggies. That's HungryRoot.com slash Shrink Chicks. Don't forget to use our link so they know we sent you. 
When bloggers or influencers post their outfit links, nine times out of 10, I click on it and immediately exit because the price is bananas. It wasn't until recently that I clicked on something expecting it to be the usual out of my price range sweater and it was under $60 at Quince. Quince has become my ultimate destination for luxury essentials that won't break the bank. Let me tell you about some of the gems I found at Quince. From their 100% Mongolian cashmere sweaters starting at just $50 to their washable silk tops and dresses, organic cotton sweaters, and stunning 14 karat gold jewelry, Quince offers a range of high quality items at prices that are truly within reach. And here's the best part. All Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Yes, you heard that right. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the middleman passing the savings on to us. I recently got my hands on one of their washable silk tops and let me tell you it has become a staple in my wardrobe. Not only is it incredibly versatile, I've worn it to work, out with friends, and even dressed it up for a date night, but the quality is unmatched. Give yourself the luxury you deserve with Quince. Go to quince.com slash shrinkchicks for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's q-u-i-n-c-e dot com slash shrinkchicks to get free shipping and 365 day returns quince.com slash shrink chicks. So a lot of a lot of doctors will say don't don't tell anyone until twelve, 12 weeks, weeks, right? Yeah. Because the chance of miscarrying is way higher before yeah. that. Mm-hmm. And so what are your thoughts about that? Because you chose to tell people and I know Emily you told people when you were pregnant. Mm-hmm. And I think it makes sense. I mean I personally have not gone through it, but yeah. because clearly it was very helpful for you when you did miscarry to have people there to support you. But I think this idea of you can't tell people until 12 weeks, if you, you're going through this, it keeps you a little bit isolated if yeah, no one yeah. else knows. Well, I think it's, for me, it was unrealistic not to tell people. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> I mean, especially because people know you're not drinking or doing whatever, right? Yeah. Like people start to know you've been married for a little bit. You've talked about having a child. It's people kind start of to, obvious. Yeah, yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. And it's, people put two and two together really quickly. So for me, I mean, I wanted, I was excited to tell Emily and I was Mm -hmm. excited to tell my other friends and my mom and my dad and my brother. I was excited to tell them. And Jonathan was excited to tell his parents and his brother and our our Mm sister-in-law. So to us, like that group of friends felt really natural and family. And then... When I did have the miscarriage, it was great to have that support. Mm -hmm. And I think I would have felt really isolated and alone if I had to go through the whole story. Yeah. Oh, I got pregnant this many weeks ago. Mm -hmm. And then this happened where I could keep my close friends and my family updated. But it sucked. Yeah. Yeah. And so when we talk about telling people, basically the decision you made was, I'm going to tell the people that I would also be comfortable telling them I had a miscarriage with. Yeah. Right. So I'm not putting this on social media. Yes, exactly. Right? You're not like putting up a pregnancy announcement, having to like ex- then put up a miscarriage announcement or something. Right. So you told yeah. your close people, the people that you also felt comfortable being vulnerable. And you're more of an open person, I would say. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Like for some people that would not be an easy thing to talk about any of this. Right. You do have pretty solid relationships in your life. Yeah, yeah, you know, and I'm lucky in that way that I could express myself and feel like I could talk to people and talk about my anxieties afterwards and and everything. So for me, the decision to tell people was a good one, Mm -hmm. and I'm happy that I did. Mm -hmm. And then especially when I had the second miscarriage, because they already knew. Yeah. So it was kind of this, these friends kind of already knew how to deal with it. 
knew how to be there for me. So it made the the blow mm-hmm. less hard. Yeah. Okay. You know. So, so now we're looking at January 2019. Yep. Right? You had gone through this experience. And mm-hmm. then what happens next for you? So kind of take a little bit of a break. You know, not really a long break. Maybe like a month. And then we get pregnant again in April when Jonathan and I are in Israel visiting his family. So... We, and Heather, didn't the doctor say to you at some point, please forgive me if I remember yeah. this wrong, didn't they say to you, like, it, it's, it might be a little easier to get pregnant after, you're, after you have a miscarriage or something? Yes. Isn't that interesting? Yeah, yeah. yeah. They, I hadn't heard that before you told me that. They told me that it's actually better if you get pregnant, if you try to get pregnant again within the first six months. Mm. Um, and I'm sure there's so much information out there and doctors have varying opinions. Yeah. So but that's what your doctor had said to you. Yeah. So we were excited to get pregnant again. And super hopeful. Yeah. And in our head, you know. It happened once. Yeah. Uh, to me. <laughs> Got uh, out of the way. Yeah. <laughs> right. It's like, I had a miscarriage, so this one's going to be awesome. Yeah. I know this is going to go great. I earned this. Yeah. <laughs> right? Like, you start, it does start to feel like karma or something, right? It does. Like, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It totally does. And then the, the second time, it happened sooner. So I miscarried at six weeks, and I just started bleeding. Oh, wow. And at the I was grocery at, store, right? No, no, no I was at you? work. At work. Yeah, yeah, I was at work, and I was just at first it was just a little bit, and I was like, okay, you know, maybe it's nothing. This happens, like pregnant mm-hmm. women do bleed. Mm-hmm. It happens. Yeah, yeah, there, yeah. Um, so then, once it started to get heavier, I just told my boss, I was like, listen, I got to go to the ER. So I call my husband. I go to the ER. Which going to the ER in Philadelphia is always <laughs> oh my God. such a treat. So fun, it's right? So much fun. Yeah, it's just you know, it's it's a great experience. Mm-hmm. So I'm basically at this point. By the time we get back there, you know, they give you the wrist thing and they like take your vitals and five thousand people have asked you what's happening. Mm. And you're like, oh, I'm just miscarrying, right. just so casual. you knew what was happening. So I knew it. Knew, I knew yeah. as soon as, like, the bleeding got not even super heavy, a little bit heavy. You know I knew that I was having a miscarriage. So I went to the ER because I kind of thought that's what you're supposed to do. I wouldn't do that again if I yeah. had another miscarriage. Mm-hmm. Um, and I went to the ER, and basically they did, like, an ultrasound, did some blood work. And then the doctor came back and said, yeah, we can't tell you 100% for sure that you're miscarrying, but it looks like you are. I was like, cool. <laughs> I was like, I'm going home. Right. Thanks. This has been horrible. Yeah. Like this has been was the there, worst. Was there pain? Yeah. Was pain? I mean, was I, pain? Yeah. I was cramping and I was bleeding a lot. Yeah. Like a lot, a lot. So... You know, and then you're just uncomfortable. You're wearing, like, these huge pads. Mm-hmm. It's the worst. And so And not I, to mention the emotional aspect. Like, you're sitting there and just having to let this happen, right? Like, yeah. And so what are you feeling during this time? The second time was way more numbing. The yeah. first time mm-hmm. I cried, I felt super disappointed. The second time I was really numb to it. Okay. Like, I was clearly upset, but I was kind of just... I was numb because mm-hmm. I, I couldn't believe it was happening again. And I was like, yeah. well, the other thing is, is this it? Mm. Is this how it's always going to be for right. me? Am I ever going to be able to get pregnant? 
and keep a pregnancy, right? Like, like yeah. So, yeah, and your your mind just spirals out of control. I think like the next weekend, I was googling adoption agencies because. Yeah, I was like, I want to keep my options open. Yeah, of course. I definitely want a kid. I know this process takes a while. Yeah, mm-hmm. Maybe I should get started. So, I mean, there's this other interesting part that happened. So, like, and I've talked a little bit about in the before that I went through some fertility struggles, but mine was very different. That I just couldn't have a lot of trouble getting pregnant. Yeah. And I think one of the difficult things, and Brene Brown talks about this a lot when she talks about vulnerability and connection, was an empathetic statement has never began with at least. And people will say, and I don't know if you had this experience, but people would say, like, well, at least you know you're able to get pregnant. Yeah, and that's right. a lot. Right. Right. A so that's what they that. say to you, right? Yeah. As if that feels any fucking right. better. The good news than- is. <laughs> right, right. Everyone's what is the good, news? the good news? Where's the good news? Right. right? Right, and I had the same experience where I wasn't getting pregnant. So people were like, "Oh, at least you're not having miscarriages." And I have to tell everyone listening: don't say that to people. <laughs> Neither of those things are helpful. Well, it's it, it it's very invalidating it, it, yeah. in a lot of ways. Well, and people yeah. still what the fuck to say. Right? Yeah. So they're trying to like have this like positive spin on it, and it's coming from a loving place. People yeah, aren't horrible. Of course. It just is so painful, and people don't know how to sit with pain. Yeah, they yeah. have a really hard time with that. Yeah. And that's, you're so right at the, at least the good news. And it's, you know, maybe scientifically, yes, that means (laughs) that this, you know, but also I don't give a shit right Right. now. You know, I just don't care. I'm upset. I want to feel these feelings or I want to, you know, I I want to not feel it. Yes. Yes. So that brings up a good question is like, what are the things that people did say to you that was, that was helpful for you at the time? You know, I think it was less of things that were said, but the presence mm-hmm. and not even a physical presence. And I guess this is what people said, but I'm here for you. Mm-hmm. What do you need? You know, and not giving any sort of advice. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, I think it's especially if you've been through something like that before, I think it's really easy to give people your perspective, your advice on, you know, what happened to you, you know, but at that raw time, I think it's important just to say, I'm here for you. Mm-hmm. Let me know what you need. Mm-hmm. Do you want me to come over and hang out with you? You want to watch a movie tonight? Let's order Chinese, mm-hmm. like yeah. do all the things that make you feel good. I think those kind of gestures are what's really important. You know, sense. making that person feel loved, whether it's from, physically being with them or from afar Mm -hmm. but like I'm here with you I need you checking in Emily would text me you know in the morning and just be (laughs) an annoying man (laughs) yeah she also told me to let me know she's like is this annoying am I annoying you I was like is it too much now okay god I'll back off it's too much probably you're texting her like every minute I'm here I'm here at the beginning well it was hard I had also Kayla and I used to live 10 blocks from each other and used to see each other every single day and then last year I moved about um with traffic like an hour away so I also was going through this like painful thing of I had survivors like what we would call survival's guilt which is like that I had a child and I was able to get pregnant and while Carolyn's going through this I had this baby and I had like a tremendous amount of guilt yeah. Which I'm pretty sure I just told you. Um, <laughs> I would imagine I just communicated, you know, of like, I'm like, well, is this okay? Like, do you want to be around my daughter? Like, right? Like, like, yeah, sort of no, saying, you like, were really sensitive to me, like, because we had a sleepover 
mm-hmm. right before you had Millie, right after I had the miscarriage. Yeah. And it was Valentine's Day. Yeah. <laughs> so you checked in with me a lot and made sure that I felt comfortable being around you. You said, Do you feel do you do you feel okay coming to my house because I'm pregnant? And I think that that was super important. Like I, I, of course, for me personally, I felt fine being around a pregnant person, but you know, I think there's no harm in yeah, being, being sensitive, being right? really sensitive towards people. Mm-hmm. Well, and this idea, and I think, you know, that's something for anyone who is listening to this and is pregnant or doesn't have any issues with fertility, has someone who's going through it, be aware, be sensitive, mm-hmm. get over your own fucking pride that you think this shit should be about you. Yeah. And remember people that are hurting. And I remember, I can remember a situation where I had to go to a baby shower and it was right when I was good to, meeting with doctors to like start IVF stuff. Um, and, um, I remember go, like being like, I just want to cancel this baby shower. And my therapist saying, what the fuck are you going to a baby yeah. shower? Why yeah. are you doing this yeah. right now? So if somebody doesn't come, if somebody can't make your shower, can't feel happy for you, like that is really not about you. Yeah, it's not personal. Right? Like, so like this is a comp, it's a complex grief. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, I think people just need to remember, you know, it's with anything, you know, it's not just fertility issues. It's any sort of trauma, whatever, you know, like just being sensitive Mm -hmm. towards that. And, Mm -hmm. you know, I think it's for women, it's just, it's easier for us to, to kind of think about that, you know, Mm -hmm. and have that in our minds and say, you know, it's something that's on our, whether you're not having kids and that's your choice, Mm -hmm. you still need to be sensitive to that Yeah, and people's decisions. So whether it's a, bad thing that's happening or just the way that you're making your life choices being sensitive to people and and what their their lives mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. like don't judge other people try to think about the, right. another perspective i think that that's really right. important like i i'm choosing not to have children exactly yeah and um a lot of people will come up and say to me like oh you'll change your mind people have been saying that to you for forever forever it's never happened and i'm like okay maybe but like Probably not. <laughs> yeah. And but that's super but, annoying. It's but such people a- and, and people people will make comments of like, oh, like all of our kids are going to grow up to get you know that mm. it's almost like expected in a lot of yeah. ways. And so people really expect you to follow this very specific life plan. And if you're not following it, it's out of their comfort zone. And so if something's out of their comfort zone, they are making comments about it so that you fit it within their mold yeah. of what is yeah. right. I'm right? sure it doesn't make you feel great when people say stuff like right. that to you because that, you decided not to have kids. Right. And right. I, I very much like call them out in the moment. Yeah, you have no problem with that. I have no problem. And you get to be cool and gin. Exactly. It's so much better. You get to like travel. Right. And (laughs) literally do whatever you want, whenever you want. Right. And I'll just like hang out with your kids. It's fine. Or not. And like not take the home. Or not. Or not. (laughs) Or you can just be the like the refuge that we go to when we want to get the fuck away from our children. Yes. Yeah. I would be happy to be that person. Yeah. I feel like it's going to have me turning into, like, crazy Aunt Jen. 
that like has all like weird hair and like, travels a lot. Yeah, like a funky hat. Yeah, like funky. Yeah, funky hat. I need to get Chunky into funky jewelry. hats. Yeah, that like comes over. Well, it's, it's all glass blown jewelry. Ooh, yeah, 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 yeah. Glass. I've taken yeah. glass blown glasses. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Blowing glasses. Because your hobbies are just. I have so many. You hobbies have so now. many yes. hobbies. Because you have time. And then I'll just wheel my glass in like a stroller. <laughs> That's so I fit in way. with the mold. Yep. Crazy yeah. Aunt Jen's coming over. You should put it in a baby bajor. Uh, yeah. There you go. Okay, so, we got a little <laughs> off track as we normally do. Okay, so so Carolyn, so you had your second miscarriage, and then you're totally numbed at this point, you said. Yes, totally numb, and I kind of just pushed it away, you know. Mm-hmm. I really pushed it away. Mm-hmm. Um because I miscarried naturally, I didn't have to go through the DNC again, which was a painful process emotionally and physically. Um, but I did have to deal with the fallout of miscarrying naturally, mm-hmm. which is yeah. a different set of mm-hmm. issues you have to deal with in your body. What was this all like within your marriage? It sucked. <laughs> <laughs> but, <laughs> you know... I mean, you think because you're going through this very unique process, which I yeah. think fertility and, and a lot of women's issues, I think, are unique to women sometimes. Yeah. You know, yeah. I, I do think so. I, I and I am very close with your husband. I know him very well. I know he's an amazing man, but he's not able to get it. No, and you know, Jonathan did what a lot of my my close friends in my family did. He was supportive. Mm-hmm. He was there for me. He let me experience what I needed to experience or not. Mm-hmm. And, you know, honestly, I couldn't ask for a better partner. Mm-hmm. And that's so nice. Yeah. I mean, it's hard because he doesn't get it. And yeah, we're, we're a normal couple. We got into fights. Yeah. yeah. And course. I was like, you don't understand. Yeah. You don't understand mm-hmm. what I'm going through. Mm-hmm. But also what he said to me one time was, you don't understand what I'm going through. Mm. And that's really true. I don't know what it's... two children too, yeah. Yeah, he lost as well. It wasn't just me. It physically happened to me, mm-hmm. but it emotionally happened to him. Skeptical about custom beauty? I get it. My feet is flooded with customize this and personalize that. All promising to fix my fine lines and thinning hair, but when pros says custom, they actually mean it. It's no gimmick. Your formula couldn't exist without you. Their in-depth consultation analyzes over 80 factors for a complete view of your life and beauty goals. They get personal. Pros covers everything from your concerns to your age, exercise, and stress levels in order to uncover what's impacting your hair and skin health. They asked me about my hair loss being genetic in my family, how long it takes for my hair to get oily after a wash, what products and tools I use to style my hair, and even my zip code to understand how the water hardness, UV index, and cold dry winter in Philly might be impacting me. Next, they recommended a full routine of truly personalized products, which were only produced after I placed my order. Nothing pre-mixed, nothing off the shelf. Since I switched to pros, I've noticed my hair is so much softer, shinier, and fuller. I keep getting asked if I got a blowout from the salon. But don't just take my word for it. In a third-party double-bind dermatologist-supervised clinical controlled study, aka the gold standard in research studies, 
Pros prove that personalization works better than off-the-shelf alternatives. Try it for yourself and get your healthiest hair in 30 days or get your money back. Pros is so confident that you'll love your results that they're offering my listeners an exclusive trial offer so you can see the difference custom care can make. 50% off your first subscription order at pros.com slash shrinkchicks. That's P-R-O-S-E dot com slash shrinkchicks for your free consultation and 50% off your one-of-a-kind formulas. Pros.com slash shrink chicks. And I think it's also important as much as I think that the woman needs more support in this situation mm-hmm. that the partner to check in with the partner as well. Yeah, yeah. the partner's also thought about as well because it took me a while to kind of switch gears because mm-hmm. I really just thought it was about me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And once I did, it was kind of eye-opening. Mm-hmm. Like, you're hurting too. Do you feel like the two of you processed it in similar ways? Or do you feel like you were processing it in different ways in terms of, like, how you were coping and expressing it within the marriage? Different ways. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I mean, Jonathan and I are just different. I'm more like, I'm going to cry about this and tell you <laughs> <that>. you know. <laughs> I'm going to feel everything. Yeah, yeah, and, like, overanalyze and talk about it till I'm exhausted but Jonathan's not like that Mm -hmm. so it was just different for us Mm -hmm. you know but it was a little bit similar because the second time around I wasn't as vocal Mm -hmm. I was more shut off and I let that being shut off lead to anxiety and it really was just anxiety I wouldn't call it depression Mm -hmm. but a severe anxiety inside of me that something was really wrong with me okay and not just fertility you know not just can we can I stay pregnant Mm -hmm. can I get pregnant again it was it manifested itself in a different kind of anxiety where I thought I had a heart problem at one point. Oh, wow. Yeah. I went to the cardiologist. Yes. <laughs> was like, I'm totally willing to laugh about yeah. But it was really scary at the time. Yeah, but like, I, I mean, thought something like, yes, was wrong yeah. with me. Wow. And it's because my anxiety was so strong about mm-hmm. this. And I... Like phys- yeah, your body yeah. physically was like, yeah. Yeah, and Emily was trying to help me find a therapist because I needed to mm-hmm. talk to somebody mm-hmm. about it. And it's hard to find the right match or going through this thing. I mean, it's a really complicated process. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. so... You know, I think for me, once I kind of let myself set, like once I was like, okay, this is why you're anxious. Yeah. This is why you're feeling this way. And it's okay. Because a lot of times I like to just kind of move on from a problem. I'm like, all right, let's let's move on from this. Because mm-hmm. you have an emotional side, but you also have a very practical side. Yeah. Right? Like yeah. you are a pretty practical person. Yeah. So I want to be able to just pick up my life and move on. I want things to be the same. Mm-hmm. So I just kind of, I forced that to yeah. happen. When I should have let myself grieve, be upset, talk about it more, mm-hmm. found a therapist earlier until waiting to the end of the summer when I thought that, you know, I was having a heart attack. <laughs> Which, That's usually when it happens, what know, gets you into therapy. Calling Emily. Yeah. <laughs> she was like, did you eat something spicy last night? And I was I like, that that was yes. That was like, I'm like, okay, give me Sounds like acid reflux. Yeah. But <laughs> let's go with it. Um, okay, so then, so um, I remember one point a doctor had said to you, one, miscarriage is normal. Two, miscarriages is actually not abnormal either, but two in a row are. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. So, like, so you were sort of getting this thing of, like, oh, this could be, like, a bigger problem. Yeah. So, I got a bunch of testing done after the second mm-hmm. one as mm-hmm. well. I got, 
Okay, I don't remember some of it. A lot of it was blood tests. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then I had this, th- They, I don't know what it's called. I'm, I'm never going to remember. But basically they put essentially a balloon in your vagina and fill it up with water and like do an ultrasound and check to see that like your ovaries look good. Yeah. So it's like a, just an internal ultrasound. Exactly. Yeah. Right. But, and then they. In our uterine ultra. Yeah. Ultrasound. And they check yeah. like your uterus to see if there's any cysts or anything like that, mm-hmm. which would, you know increase your chances of having a miscarriage mm-hmm. yeah so i went back all of that came back normal so then even that you're just like well then what the hell is wrong with right. me because you want some reason yeah exactly i wanted so- i wanted something to hold on so to. you can do something about it if you have like some information because yeah. it's like it's all feel i'm sure feels so out of your control yeah right and yeah. so you're getting these tests done to figure out what's going on and then when there's no answer What's that like for you? Yeah, it's when the doctor tells you, oh, yeah, you're perfectly healthy. <laughs> you know? So what the fuck do I do now? Yeah, well, exactly. And that's that's pretty much where I was at. Mm-hmm. So instead of thinking about it, I was like, okay, I'm not going to think about it. So Jonathan and I took a, a break, mm-hmm. you know? From trying. Yep. So yeah, so this happened. I miscarried in May. May? Probably mm-hmm. early May, and then all throughout the summer was just kind of nothing. I okay. like changed my lifestyle a little bit because I was so anxious mm-hmm. and was just feeling overwhelmed because I think I just pushed down a lot of these feelings from the past year. And yeah. Wow. Okay. And so then you have some other news. Yes, I'm pregnant currently. I got pregnant in, um, when did I get pregnant? In Italy. And yeah, in Italy. Ooh, what a good <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> so, so during this, she decides that she says, I'm going to take a break with everything. I'm going to relax and we're going to travel a little bit. So they go to Italy, their yeah. family, and you ended up getting pregnant there actually. Yep. Got pregnant and now I'm 22 weeks. Mm-hmm. But during that, you worked with a specialist. Yeah. So, yeah. So that was one of the things that you did, though, was that you yeah. didn't wait for this to happen again or wait to see what happens. You did go and see yeah. a specialist and get support. Which was great because they told me that normally they wait until you have three miscarriages to oh, wow. go see a specialist. And my doctor just said, well, we're, we're going to get you to see a specialist because two in a row just not only isn't fair, yeah. mm-hmm. but... You should go see somebody, mm-hmm. and if we have the resources, go. So once I got pregnant, I went in at six weeks. I went in at eight weeks, and then she said, everything looks good. We're kicking you back to the... Wow. Yeah. But they did put you on progesterone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. Oh, yeah. Thanks for reminding me about all this. <laughs> <laughs> so that's one of the things that they do if you've had miscarriages before um, to maybe have a, have a healthier pregnancy, you do progesterone, which still, though, it's, it's a process. Yeah, and it's a hormone that helps you stay pregnant. Right. So I did you're that. you're doing it at home. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, it's not a thing you go I to the office. I thought it was a shot. <laughs> Is it not a shot? No, it's like a cream that you have to like put into a syringe and put up your vagina. No way. Yeah. Interesting. Yes. <laughs> so you're doing that so, at home. Like, so you're doing this. Yeah. So yeah. doing that at home and just kind of, you know, laying back on the couch, yes. <laughs> hoping for the best. Yeah. How did you feel about getting pre- trying to get pregnant the third time? We kind of kept it casual yeah. as much mm-hmm. as that. Mm-hmm. You know, I was still tracking my my period and because I wanted to know when I was going to be fertile. Mm-hmm. Um, 
But to me, it was more, if this works, then it works. If it doesn't, it doesn't. And I kind of decided in my head that if I got pregnant again and had a third miscarriage, that I was going to really take a break and look into adoption Okay. because I just didn't want to go through it again. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I think that was a really important decision for me to make. And it's, you know, it's still something I think about with this pregnancy and everything has been really great so far. Mm -hmm. Good test results. We're super, we feel super fortunate, but the anxiety from the two miscarriages did not go away. Yeah. Well, and I would imagine that everyone in your life wants you to just be so happy. Yes. Right? Because they're so happy. Like it's, it's once again, everything everyone does comes to this loving place, but the fear doesn't go away. Even at 22 weeks, it's scary, right? No, I don't even think you need to have a miscarriage one, two, whatever to feel that anxiety and that fear. And I, and there's so much pressure from, our, our society Mm -hmm. just to be be happy. happy. This is such a magical experience. Love every moment. Enjoy it while you're pregnant. It's horrible. (laughs) You know, like it's, it's just, it's horribly wrong. Like there's those feelings and I feel really amazing. Mm -hmm. And like when I can feel her, it's a girl. Um, it's, it's so cool. And I'm like, whoa, that's awesome. But then, you know, I'm also like, Peeing a little all the time. And, <laughs> like, well, and also, every time you have a tiny cramp, it's yeah, scary. Right? At any time. Like, any time you have this. And I had the same experience after I had Millie, where people would be like, oh, are you just so in love? And I was not yeah. at the beginning. I actually hated the infant stage. Zero out of ten, wouldn't recommend. And um, But everyone wants you to just be obsessed and so happy and already in love. And, like, honestly... Having a child, being pregnant, it's making a relationship. You don't, this idea, at least I didn't have this experience. We just fall in love right away. Yeah. But people are like, oh, do you like already love her? Like, you're like, I don't, what? No, she feels like gas. I mean. (laughs) Yeah. And everyone's experience is different. Yes. And And some people might have that, but I was not. But when we say that to women, aren't you just so happy? And aren't you, instead, maybe just ask them. How are you? People always say to me, you must be so excited. And my answer is yes, but I'm also terrified. Yes. Yeah. And the fact that, like, you guys are so honest in your responses, I think, is important. Because you're not perpetuating this idea of, like, you should feel a certain way. And if you don't feel that way, then there's something wrong. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Right? That it's, like, very normal and normalizing for you guys to say, like, no. You know, I didn't fall in love with her immediately. I had to build a relationship Mm -hmm. with her. Like, I'm also terrified being pregnant. Yeah. Um, That it normalizes a lot of women's experiences, which I think is so important because when there's this idea of, oh, you should be happy, you should be excited. Yeah. I can imagine makes you feel pretty bad or makes a lot of women feel pretty bad about not feeling that way. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, it's the experience, this pregnancy for me has been a lot of, just personal thankfulness. Like I'm so happy every time I get a test result back and everything's going pretty well. I feel pretty great. I feel really lucky, but also in the same breath, I'm really scared. Mm -hmm. You know, I texted Emily the other week because I thought maybe I had a UTI and like, maybe that means that, but I just didn't know. So you spiral out of control. Mm -hmm. I start panicking. Is there something wrong? Does that mean there's something wrong with the baby? Mm -hmm. You know, and there's just so much unknown with being pregnant and so much you can't control. And you don't, and here's the other thing. 
They're not checking out on you that much. No. You're not see until the end, you're not seeing the doctor that much. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so you're just in your head being anxious. Yeah, exactly. Right? All the time. Is there anything that you wish that doctors would have communicated to you more yeah. throughout this time period? I wish that there was more openness and more discussion about miscarriages and how common they are. Mm-hmm. Because once you get pregnant, it's just kind of like the, this is what you do. You're going to go to the doctor and they're going to take some blood tests. They're going to make sure you're pregnant. Then you're going to schedule your 12 week. And, you know, I wish the doctors would sit down with you and tell you the reality. Here are the numbers. Mm -hmm. There's actually a really good chance that you could miscarry. Mm -hmm. And here's the reasons why, too. Mm -hmm. It's not anything that you did. I didn't miscarry those times because I had, you know, before I knew I was pregnant, I drank too many glasses of wine. (laughs) That's not a thing. It's usually just a chromosomal abnormality. Mm -hmm. And the the fetus isn't viable. That word, those two words were never in my. Well, even the word miscarry makes it sound like miscarry, right? Like I did this wrong. Yeah. I missed carrying this baby. That's right. not at all what happened. It's not your fault. Yes. It's absolutely. a loss. It's, yes, it's just a loss, right? So even like the term of miscarrying makes it sound like you're the bad one. It typically is just a chromosomal thing that there's an abnormality and the fetus isn't viable. Yeah, exactly. And it's just, it's also insane that your body just knows that. Yes, and, yes. You mm-hmm. know, but... Yeah, I, I wish that there was more discussion and I wish more people felt comfortable talking about it. And even, you know, it's not like when somebody's like, oh my God, you're pregnant, that's great. And I say, yeah, actually I had two miscarriages first, but it's amazing. But, <laughs> you know, I if it's a comfortable conversation, I always yeah. bring it up because I think it's important. And, you know, there was someone in my office the other day that was like, yeah, you know, I've been trying for a while. And I was yeah. like, I totally feel you. If you ever mm-hmm. want to talk about it, mm-hmm. like, let's talk about mm-hmm. it. Yeah. You know? So I think also normalizing how common miscarriages are. Yes. And what that can do to you and how it can affect you is super important. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And the emotional aspects of it, too. Yeah, yeah like, the, and the, just the fallout in general, mm-hmm. you know? Having to have a DNC, making the decision how you want to essentially get rid of the fetus Mm -hmm. that's inside of you Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so i didn't know any of that yeah you know and you're googling what a dnc is what what the medical option is it's well and also and also women's bodies are so politicized right because then people like well that's an abortion but like all this stuff that becomes like okay so i don't even exist anymore right like my experience doesn't even matter because we're thinking about like pleasing others so let me ask this. So for anyone who's listening who maybe has gone through a miscarriage or struggling with one right now, what would you want them to know? What would you want to say to them? I'd want to say that I think it's okay to feel whatever you're feeling whenever you're feeling it. And also take the time to heal yourself. Mm-hmm. Don't feel like you have to move on. If you want to just go back to work, that's great. But also make sure you're thinking about it and yeah. not just pushing those feelings aside. And... I just hope that everyone has such a strong support system like I did, mm-hmm. you mm-hmm. know? Mm-hmm. 
Thank you so much. Thank you so much, Carolyn. This was amazing. Amazing. So helpful. Thank you guys. It was, it really was so. Yeah, this is awesome. Probably, you probably have helped so many people going through this for them to really like feel like their experience is normalized in a lot of ways. And if you have anyone, any listeners, anyone that you would like to send this this to, right, that you think would, this would help, send it on over to them. Yeah. And give them the support that they're needing at the moment. Absolutely. So, Carolyn, you're the best. We love you so fucking much. I'm glad the Pope acquired it down, although he yes. made his presence pretty known at the beginning. He did. Guys, next week's episode um, is what if you're the toxic one and what the fuck you need to do to Ooh, check yourself. Isn't that we exciting? We love you guys. Thank you Rate, so subscribe, much. Listen, Carolyn, you're one of the best things that's ever happened in my life. <laughs> we love you guys. We'll see you soon.